and welcome to the After Spark Podcast, the episode-by-episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Els. And I'm Spex. And today, we are going to be talking about episode 75, Thief in the Night. Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Yes. <laughs> and many other things. Yes. Including the very unfortunate everything. place. Everything. Yes. <laughs> the very unfortunate everything. But today... We open with Trypticon stepping on everything. <laughs> yep. Or a replay of the fight between him and Metroplex in the Five Faces of Darkness. Continuity? In a Transformers episode? Kind of. <laughs> Out of order continuity. Somehow. The fight is being replayed by Teletran 2, now conveniently voiced by Frank Welker, for a group of Autobots. Said Autobots consist of Roddy, Grimlock, Percy, and the Aerialbots. Grimlock excitedly tells Teletran to fast forward to the good part. I.e. where Trypticon was scrapped. 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 <laughs> In scare quotes. But Teletran too says that never happened, much to the confusion of all the other Autobots present, as Trypticon got tossed into the sea and didn't resurface, so they just all assumed he was gone forever. They have no object permanence. Um, well, I guess I can't say it anymore, therefore it's gone. Are, are they just assuming that he's not watertight? <laughs> Which is questionable, because if he's not watertight, then you would kind of assume that their city former isn't watertight, and that, like, it, it rains? Like, what, what do you think is going on here, guys? Or, I mean, maybe they're thinking the salt water would have a detrimental effect, I mean, perhaps? Maybe, but still... <laughs> Upon realization, the Autobots start searching the seas for Trypticon. A search that Sea Spray and a new Autobot named Broadside are taking part in. Hey, Sea Spray lived! I like to think that he lives part-time with Alana, mm. and that they're happy together, because they deserve that. It's, it's nice to see Sea Spray again. It, it is! I know he's not here for very long, but, like, legitimately... So few of the characters survived the massacre from the movie that, like, I'm, I'm just sort of like, yay, we get to see them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, very few survived that weren't Percy and Grimlock, which, like, I do appreciate, but. Yeah. And Bumblebee. And Bumblebee. Bumblebee survived, too. Yeah. And we're just going to read the TF wiki summary for Broadside, because we almost, we know almost nothing about this character, and he doesn't really pop up that often in season three or anywhere else for that matter. Broadside is a huge loser. He's the forgotten Autobot triple changer who converts into two vehicle forms, a jet of various sizes, and an aircraft carrier mode, for which he becomes an even huger loser by expanding to 1,200 feet. Broadside also happens to be terrified of heights and gets seasick on the water. For some reason, he's pretty irritable all the time. This guy just sounds like he's having a terrible time at all times. I love him. I'm actually legitimately sad he doesn't get used to stuff. I'm like, no, that sounds delightful. And also, I think he needs a hug. Like, I mostly remember him from showing, from like his introduction in the Marvel comics. And yeah. Like, I, I think when we were looking at the TF Wiki, he like pops up. Like, I think he's on the Lost Light, which is weird because I don't think he does anything on there. Probably not, but there was like 200, 300 characters There were a on lot there. of characters, so him just being in the background kind of made them. Yeah. So, Broadside is in aircraft carrier mode, while Sea Spray is chilling underwater in robot mode looking for evidence of Trypticon. And, you know, Broadside's not being... He's not really irritable at all in this episode. He just is being helpful, so good for him. Shockingly, Sea Spray does not find a corpse. But there are some big-ass footprints, but not a corpse. 
We cut to a luxury cruise ship uh, where some passengers comment on being so close to the coast of Carbamia and whether or not they're in danger. The captain tries to calm them down by claiming that as long as they are three miles away, they will be fine. <clears throat> they are not fine. Also, I'm in danger. <laughs> Triptychon in vehicle mode or battle station mode or whatever it, it is. He's not a dinosaur. That's the important thing here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Building mode, I don't know, whatever the hell he is. Non-dino mode from shore begins shooting at them. Before being stopped by Octane. Yeah, remember Octane? Um, it seems like only yesterday we saw him for the first time. Well, it may not have been yesterday, but it was only the previous episode. And remember how I mentioned that his introduction actually happened after the first episode he appeared in? This is it. And also, he calls Trypticon Trypti Baby. Does, does this guy just flirt with everyone? Based on the sample size of two, I have to assume that yes. <laughs> <laughs> Octane lectures Trypticon for wasting resources on tourist boats, but Trypticon insists that he is shooting at dangerous enemies. He's not a bright bot. <laughs> He's not. In the palace, the leader of Carbamia, Abdul Fakadi, is saying that the two Decepticons have outlived their usefulness. Though based on the responses of his advisors, they actually have been quite useful. The problem is that they're very high maintenance. I.e. Trypticon takes a massive amount of fuel or energon made from oil in order to even function. A thousand barrels of oil for one cube of energon, according to Fakadi. That is a terrible conversion rate and also doesn't seem to match how they were generating Energon earlier in the series. Um, perhaps Soundwave is absolutely incredible at his job and did it with significantly less waste? Soundwave is a specialist. Octane is a guy who just wants to run a bar, apparently. And further according to Fakati, Trypticon takes 50 Energon cubes an hour. 50,000 barrels of oil for one hour's worth of beverage. Is he drinking that shit constantly? Though, I mean, we kind of see him eating it We constantly. do see him chomping down on Energon cubes, including in the next shot. Mm -hmm. Octane tells Trypticon that he'll be all fixed up in six months, to which Trypticon says, Six months? You said one week. Octane, buddy, what are you doing? What's the plan here? Where do you think this is going to go for you, buddy? Well, he's fucking around, and next on the itinerary, we'll be finding out, given that, I mean, what Octane is... By his tech specs, a liar. <laughs> a liar who lies. <laughs> he is a lying liar who lies. Picotti shows up with a camel entourage and yells at Octane and Trypticon to get out of his country. I would like to further pause and say if the two giant robots are in your country, how the hell are you going to get them out? But you do you, sir. Mm -hmm. Octane attempts to sweet talk Picotti into letting them stay. Picotti says he'd need all the gold of the United States to even consider letting them stay for another day. And now, at Fort Knox. Trypticon and Octane show up and pick up the entire building. Sometime later, some military guys wonder where Fort Knox has gone off to. It used to be here is such a bizarre line for referring to Fort Knox in any other context but G1 Transformers. And maybe like, I don't know, G.I. Joe or something. Mm. I can see something similar happening there. Maybe not a giant robot, but, like, I don't know, maybe the bad guys have, like, a claw that comes down from a helicopter or something. <laughs> well, I mean, didn't Jesse and James try doing that in Pokemon? <laughs> they Both did with Fort Knox, but they well, probably not had some Nogs, kind of but... contraption like that. Yeah. 
So Hakati is happy with his new gold, but still a prick and still planning on kicking Octane and Trypticon out in the next month. Also, their food is going to be rationed. Strict rationing. Better tighten your belts, boys. You're on a diet. The Autobot group from before surveys the hole where Fort Knox used to be. And then we get a title drop. Whoever it was just made off with Fort Knox like a thief in the night. Grimlock finds some Energon cubes that Trypticon dropped earlier. Percy examines them while Grimlock questions if one of the other Dinobots made off with Fort Knox, saying he senses dinosaur transform static. Sounds fake, but I don't know enough about this to discount it, and I think Perceptor's feeling similarly. (laughs) Also, for reasons we can neither explain, justify, or understand, Metroplex is here. I remind you, he's a city former. People presumably live in him. Has he taken offense personally because a building has been kidnapped? Maybe? (laughs) Maybe? (laughs) Meanwhile, Octane is stuffing Trypticon full of Energon while telling Trypticon that they'll eventually take over from Fakati. But they have to bide their time. Speaking of keeping Fakati happy, he wants a new palace now! So Trypticon heads off to India and makes off with the Taj Mahal. And we pan over to it where it has been placed next to Fort Knox. And they left the goddamn American flag on Fort Knox. So they're not hiding anything. (laughs) Nope. Fakati apparently intends to have Trypticon steal even more monuments so they can establish a thriving tourist trade. And I have to ask, didn't he want to keep people out of his country earlier? They're allowed to come for photo ops, but then he kicks them out. That tracks. But suddenly, Galvatron drops in from the sky, yelling at Octane about taking Trypticon off Dinosaur Island. A nice callback to a much earlier episode. Which I don't... I'm like, do they have a base? Like, we get no explanation. Like, he was he, the, he was there recovering with all the other dinosaurs? I, I don't know. I'm like, why was he there? <laughs> well, I mean, considering that they were pulling Energon from it in that episode, mm, maybe Octane fair. was supposed to be there and pulling Energon. Yeah, which begs the question, I guess the Autobots aren't monitoring that island at all now? I guess. Maybe it's considered stable. Who knows? Octane Mm. is able to mollify Galvatron by offering him some of the super special Energon made from the Carbomia oil. Back with the Autobots, the Dinobots are being interrogated for the theft of Fort Knox. Who is doing the interrogating, you may ask? Well, you see, it's Metroplex, 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 and Metroplex. Or Metroplex and several sock puppets are here to determine your innocence. Don't worry, we'll actually explain that, but but we're not wrong. This is honestly not inaccurate in any way, shape, or form, guys. So, we have Metroplex literally supervising, and then three Autobots named Six-Gun, Scamper, and Slammer. And while these are all separate characters, they are all functionally part of Metroplex. They are all mentally linked with Metroplex and function as drones that act separately from him, so they're, like, there to do maintenance and, you know, security. And all I can think is, yes, it's the law firm of Metroplex, 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 and Metroplex. (laughs) I mean, honestly, maybe he just does that. (laughs) Be funny. The realty firm of Metroplex and company. (laughs) Something like that. Metroplex to the fourth power. (laughs) Six Gun and Slammer are both made from bits of Metroplex, including his artillery, batteries, or towers. Scamper actually turns into a sports car, and Slammer can be a tank and actually is in this particular scene. In robot mode, Six Gun is red and white, Scamper is black, and Slammer is white. Of note, 
The voice actor for Six Gun, who I think is the only one that talks out of the three here. If the others talk, they only have like one line. Um, but his voice actor is Maurice LaMarche, or Brain, from Pinky and the Brain. This is the only episode of G1 he was ever in, uh, but he did eventually come back to Transformers doing Charlie Burns and Rescue Bots, which I didn't realize that was him either. <laughs> so Skylinx is also here and really unhappy about being lumped in with the Dinobots. Which, I don't know, it is funny trying to do the mental gymnastics of, uh, how, how would Skylinx have thought it was okay to steal a building? Like... I, I want I want I want I want to I just have questions six gun like what what you, what was your thought process here like what what reason would he have to steal steal a building he's not like the Dinobots he doesn't just act off instinct well I mean what use would any of the Dinobots have for Fort Knox and the gold I mean are they going to use it as robot silly putty it's probably know. malleable enough that they could do something like that I mean but... it begs the question of how they would have even like done it to begin with because like Trepticon yes can just pick up an entire building but I'm not sure if I think the Dinobots can just pick up an entire building I mean they could theoretically coordinate it but I'm not sure Swoop could get airborne <laughs> probably not thankfully for all involved though uh, Percy comes running out saying that all the Autobots are innocent and that the Energon is a Decepticon formula he is also able to piece together that it's from Carbamia and it may be uh, tripped, that Trypticon is hiding out there Broadside and the aerial bots arrive at Carbamia just as the Decepticons are letting Fikati know who's in charge now. Surprise, it's Galvatron. Trypticon has apparently just arrived with the Eiffel Tower to add to the growing collection of uh, stolen cultural patrimony <laughs> and, you know, landmarks. We do learn that Galvatron is at least calling the Carbamia Energon Super Energon, so presumably that's why it takes like so much more oil than normal Energon. It's super condensed. Maybe it's like high grade. Maybe I don't know. They're not getting drunk from it, so that it's is, not our alcohol equivalent like fair. it was a couple seasons back. Yeah. So the next time we see them, the Autobots are in Russia, presumably trying to protect the Kremlin. They mostly fail at this, at least until Metroplex arrives. And then the Kremlin, the, the whole building, because uh, Trypticon did in fact pick up the Kremlin and try to scamper off with it. The whole building, the whole Kremlin gets thrown at Metroplex and Trypticon just nopes off into the night. <laughs> the Soviet Union then proceeds to blame the Autobots for trying to steal the Kremlin. It was, in their defense, kind of foggy and maybe wasn't obvious which giant robot had picked up their, their building. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Metroplex catches the Kremlin because you can't just let this, you know, important building crash to the ground. So they start shooting at him <laughs> while he's holding it. India then follows up blaming Metroplex for the Taj Mahal theft too, and I don't have anything for them because I would assume that would have been caught on camera. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was... Oh, hold on. No, yeah, we're past 2005, so there, there should be, you know, security cameras. Security cameras, if not phone cameras. Yeah. So, back in racist stereotypes the country, Fakati is attempting to call for help, but is quickly stopped by Galvatron. The Autobots arrive on Broadside, Rodimus leading Wheelie, Blurt, and the Dinobots into battle. For um, context, Broadside is busy being an aircraft carrier at this point again. <laughs> he, he was the ride, okay? He was mm -hmm. the ride. The Aerobots and Metroplex are here too. So, Metroplex picks up an oil tower and, like, skewers Trypticon with it before tossing him back into the- well, before tossing Trypticon back into the sea. Because that worked so well last time! <sighs> you will be doomed to repeat your past failures, guys, apparently. apparently. 
After being attacked by Metroplex, the Decepticons flee and the Autobots free Fakati from the prison Galvatron had stashed him in, which was basically just, just like a fenced-in yard. <laughs> yeah, you have to fence in your dictators, you know. Well, they dict- need enrichment. Well, the dictators and all of their um, government officials. Yes, that. And over a culturally insensitive monologue given by Picotti that includes swearing on the grave of his mother's camel, we see Metroplex returning all the landmarks to their rightful place. We learned a lot in this episode. <laughs> there were some weird real-world references they were doing. The fact that the dictator in this episode is based sort of on a real life of real dictators. Kind of weird. Yeah, like, I did not know that. I just assumed that they were like, here's a stereotype and we're going to make him the dictator. But no, no. Based on a real person. And then, you know, stereotypes piled on top of that to make it even less good. <laughs> to make it even worse. Yeah, to make it, it yeah, just, it, not, it's not good. Mm-hmm. So join us next time for episode 76, Forever is a Long Time Coming. Did you ever think we'd get to see Alpha Trion as a hot young stud? Yeah, neither did we. <laughs> Anyway, Spex has some fanfic recommendations for today. Yes, very Metroplex themed on account of there's not that much in the way for trip in the way of Trypticon fix, and even less for things about Trypticon and Metroplex interacting. So uh, I just went with Metroplex for today. So the first one is Cultural Heritage by Shibara. It's G1 cartoon continuity, rated G. It's Gen. There's no pairings. And the character here is Metroplex, though Carly is mentioned at one point. And in summary, Metroplex learns about Machu Picchu. (laughs) So it's interesting to see uh, what a living city former would think about an abandoned preserved city. And also, you know, considering that this episode involves pieces of cultural heritage being stolen, I I thought it was sort of fitting. To have something that talked about of uh, a non-Earthling's uh, perspective of, like, our cultural heritage, I suppose. Or a s- specific culture's heritage. But yeah, I picked it because Metroplex. And the second one is Party in the City Tonight by Bibliotecaria D. It's G1 cartoon continuity, rated PG, it's gen, no pairings, and it's Metroplex and an ensemble of Autobots. In summary, every city has a story to tell. This city formers is told through a character party. And it takes place over a wide range of uh, time periods. And it's just, it's interesting. So yeah, that's that's my recommendations. And it's a two-shot and it's also done. Sorry, I legitimately hope you guys can't hear it. My neighbor kid is just going fucking nuts. Um, so yeah, if there's weird screaming in the background... I am so sorry. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about it. Uh, anyway, I have some fan art recommendations today. A recommendation today is Jar of Loose Screws. Uh, they have done IDW, Prime, and Animated, and they seem to primarily do a lot of just Transformers animated stuff, but they have a ton of artwork across different continuities, also including Cyberverse. Um, Their fully rendered works are really gorgeous, but they also have plenty of kind of grayscale stuff and even some comics. Uh, First off, we will link to several of their social media, but I have like a dozen listed here. So I'm just going to straight up tell you, go to their link tree, because that's going to be a better like summary than anything I'm going to post. Yep, that is a lot. I'm like, 
it was one of those things where I was like, kudos, you actually have all of these fairly reasonably maintained, I think. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of artists, and I get it, right? Because um, I won't tell you, I actually realized our Twitter wasn't cross-posting our episodes, and I was a little ah. bit pissy about that. Anyway, thankfully they have a Tumblr, so we'll be able to reblog their stuff. And today we have linked to this amazing uh, Starscream Prime <laughs> comic. Um, <laughs> It's basically Starscream clearly after getting dirty in a, like, mountain lake trying to to get clean. And you just see this poor human fisherman coming up and pausing and you see Starscream glaring at him like, you saw nothing. Starscream has, like, one of those long-handled scrub brushes. <laughs> Which don't even ask me how there is a Transformers scaled one. But anyway, it is a great comic. It's very funny. Uh, then we have a very sketchy Fort Max with a kitty. Which Max is, does like kitties. It's cute. And pets. Very well, not pets. But and then a fully rendered uh, snowboarding jazz. Which again, colors nice. are a lovely, beautiful example of their color work. Mm-hmm. Very pretty. As I said, we will post some of their social media, and there are plenty of places you can go to support them too, so please take a look if you're interested. Mm-hmm. And that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links I may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcasts such as AO3, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr, YouTube, or AO3. Till next time, I'm Specs. And I'm Else. Toodles. Sorry, I was making hand motions and they were not helpful for either of us.